This podcast is brought to you by Ragu Old World Style Traditional Sauce. A great sauce starts with the best ingredients. Ragu Old World Style Traditional Sauce is that great sauce. Inspired by our founder's original recipe, Ragu Old World Style Traditional Sauce is made with delicious ingredients, including vine-ripened tomatoes, chopped onions, garlic, and olive oil, simmered together for the authentic taste you and your family will want to come back to. For recipes, sauces, and mealtime inspiration, visit ragu.com. If you've ever listened to The Breakdown, you've heard me say that it's hard to understand a moment in history when you're in it. I don't think a better moment illustrates that point than the moment we are in right now. Forget what you think about him. Forget how tired you are of him. We're in a moment, a historic moment, where the president of the United States is currently in the process of being impeached. I think yesterday may have very well been the lowest moment of the Donald Trump presidency and the smartest most profound moment for Democrats in the impeachment process. I have something I want to play for you. I want to unpack and explain where we are and where we're going. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The, the, the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. There's so much going on in the world, not only with the Democratic primaries for president, not only with our campaign to stop the execution of Rodney Reed, but there continues to be so much injustice and so much going on, so much noise coming at us from every angle that I think this impeachment process, which is the first impeachment process to happen in the age of social media, In some ways, I see it being hyper-shared across Twitter, but almost not shared at all on Instagram and very little on Facebook, that the younger generation of people are not watching CNN and MSNBC. I I talked to my teenage daughter, Kendi, who's 17, a senior in high school, and she's super politically astute and aware and follows current affairs and news. And she just said, Dad, like, you know, students, we're not watching it. We're not not into it. (laughs) And it's not that they don't support the impeachment of Donald Trump. They loathe him. But somehow this process feels deeply disconnected from them. And I I think the process also... Trump has made so many mistakes and has been under so much scrutiny every single day for those mistakes that this process kind of blurs in with the past three years. It seems like the Mueller hearings, it seems like the Mueller report, like it all blends in. But what happened yesterday, I thought, was not only a low moment in the presidency of Donald Trump, I I thought it was a masterful profound day for Democrats. If you're not watching the impeachment hearings, there are two clips that I want to play for you, and then I'll come back and explain them in just a minute. The first is where a man named Daniel Goldman, who is serving as legal counsel for the Democrats in the House, who I have to say 
is one of the single most masterful attorneys I've ever seen. Um, I mean, I, I mean, all I can say is he's brilliant. The guy is practically flawless in the work that he's doing. He probes every witness without seeing pushy. He asks the smartest questions. He frames them in a way that doesn't allow any wiggle room. The witnesses seem to be completely comfortable with with him and his questions, but he's ask he's throwing fastballs over and over and over again. Um, just the smartest choice ever to have him. And and if you're not watching, instead of all of the witnesses just simply being questioned by uh, a variety of members of Congress. The primary person they are questioned by is a an attorney for the Democratic uh, members of the House and an attorney for the Republican members of the House who is a bum, by the way. <laughs> I mean, it's night and day in terms of the quality. And yesterday... They had a man named Timothy Morrison testify, and he was the National Security Council member for the United States. He was the Russian director for the National Security Council, and he was deeply involved uh, in the Trump administration with their policies on Ukraine. And as you may know, the open not just accusation, but the the open evidence is that Donald Trump illegally withheld funding that had already been approved by the United States Congress. The Democrats and Senate in Congress had already been signed off on and was ready to go. Foreign aid for Ukraine. Trump was withholding that foreign aid and demanding that they not only begin an investigation into Joe Biden, but that the president of Ukraine, Zelensky, hold a press conference and announce that the investigation was underway in order for him to get the foreign aid that he desperately needed. And Daniel Goldman, the Democratic counsel for uh, the Democrats in the House and the impeachment process, asked Timothy Morrison to explain it. And in 19 seconds, what you hear is ironclad evidence of what is called a quid pro quo. This idea that Donald Trump said, I will only give you A if you give me B. And here we are. I want to play the clip for you. It's a short clip. I think it's the single most essential clip of the day. Let me play it. And um, what did Ambassador Sondland say to tell you that he told Mr. Yermak? That the Ukrainians would uh, have to have the prosecutor general um, uh, make a statement uh, with respect to the investigations as a condition of having the aid lifted. That's it. That is... I mean, you could shut the impeachment hearings down functionally. Timothy Morrison provided sworn testimony under the threat of perjury and prison that Donald Trump openly 
communicated to staff that he was not going to release the aid to Ukraine until there was a press conference from the president of Ukraine saying that they were investigating Joe Biden and the Joe Biden family. That is evidence of of bribery, of corruption, and of abuse of power. And it was a damaging moment. I will try to put this on social media. I have it on my Twitter page right now so you can see it. It's a profound, problematic moment for the president. The entire day was that. And I think at the end of the day, there was a moment from Congressman Adam Schiff, who is the chair of the Intelligence Committee, overseeing this process. Adam Schiff is a former prosecutor. And uh, just to couch how I feel about this moment, I'm not a super big fan of Adam Schiff. <laughs> I just want to I just want to put that out there. Um, he's he's not as progressive on many of the issues that I care about deeply, particularly around reforming and changing our justice system. Uh, I have not found him to be a friend of that process. Uh, I don't agree with a lot of his views on uh, on issues of war and peace and the military and even the intelligence community itself. Well, he's the chairperson of this entire hearing. And at the end of the hearing yesterday, which went on maybe for 10 hours with multiple witnesses, he gave a closing statement that I was so deeply moved by. It was extraordinary. It was masterful. It was, it, it was a, a revelation for me of not just his intelligence, but his brilliance on this issue. And while he is doing this, he is looking at the witnesses who are right there before him, who nod their heads in agreement all throughout this entire closing speech that Adam Schiff gives. I want you to listen to it all because I think in these seven minutes and 41 seconds, I think Adam Schiff not only makes the case for impeachment, but has the witnesses nodding in agreement with him. These are former members or members of the Trump administration who now have testified that what was going on was deeply problematic. Just listen to it. Listen to it all. It's a historic moment. And I, I think it rivals those 20 seconds with Morrison saying, yes, this was a quid pro quo. It rivals that as the most important moment of the day. But it has to be, I think, one of the highlights of the career of Adam Schiff, not because it was some arousing political speech, but I think he rose to the history of the moment. Check it out. I thank the gentleman, um, and I thank you both for your testimony today. Um, I would highlight a couple things about what we've heard uh, this afternoon. First, uh, Ambassador Volker, uh, your written testimony 
in which you say, in hindsight, I now understand that others saw the idea of investigating possible corruption involving the Ukrainian company Burisma as equivalent to investigating former Vice President Biden. I saw them as very different, the former being appropriate and unremarkable, the latter being unacceptable. In retrospect, you said, I should have seen that connection differently, and had I done so, I would have raised my own objections. Ambassador, we appreciate uh, your willingness to amend your earlier testimony in light of what you now know. And I think you've made it very clear that knowing what you do today, that in fact the President sought an investigation of his political rival, Vice President Biden, that you would not have countenanced any effort to encourage the Ukrainians to engage in such conduct. I appreciate also that you were able to debunk, I hope, for the last time, the idea that Joe Biden did something wrong when he, in accordance with U.S. policy, sought to replace a corrupt prosecutor, something that not only the U.S. State Department wanted, not only the European Union wanted, and not only the IMF wanted, but was the consensus position of the United States national security infrastructure. Um, you didn't get a lot of questions about that today, as other witnesses did, because I think you effectively said that was all nonsense. We appreciate your candor about that. Mr. Morrison, I think what is most remarkable about your testimony is the acknowledgement that immediately after the Vice President met with President Zelensky in Warsaw, uh, you witnessed Gordon Sondland meeting with Andrei Yermak, a top advisor to President Zelensky, and then immediately thereafter, Sondland told you that he had informed the Ukrainians that if they wanted that $400 million in military aid, they were going to have to do those investigations that the President wanted. And you were later informed, and this is also significant, as you've testified here today, that the Ambassador Sondland had a subsequent conversation with President Trump and informed you that it wasn't going to be enough for the Ukrainian Prosecutor General to announce the investigations the President wanted. President Zelensky had to do it himself if he wanted to get that aid, let alone the meeting in the White House. Now, you've been asked to opine on the meaning of the term bribery, uh, although you weren't asked to opine on the meaning of the terms high crimes and misdemeanors. But bribery, for those watching at home, is the conditioning of official acts in exchange for something of personal value. The official acts we're talking about here are a White House meeting that President Zelensky desperately sought, and as you have acknowledged, Ambassador Volker, was deeply important to this country at war with Russia, to show the United States had this new president's back. That meeting was important. That meeting is an official act. The military assistance is even more significant because Ukrainians are dying every day in their war with Russia. And so the withholding of military assistance to get these investigations, which you now have acknowledged, Ambassador Volker, was wrong for the president to request, the idea of withholding that military aid to get these political investigations should be anathema to repugnant to every American because it means the sacrifice, not just of Ukrainian national security, but American national security for the interests of the president personally and politically. 
Now, my Republican colleagues, all they seem to be upset about with this is not that the president sought an investigation of his political rival, not that he withheld a White House meeting and $400 million in aid we all passed on a bipartisan basis to pressure Ukraine to do those investigations. Their objection is he got caught. Their objection is that someone blew the whistle. And they would like this whistleblower identified. And the president wants this whistleblower punished. That's their objection. Not that the president engaged in this conduct, but that he got caught. Their defense is, well, he ended up releasing the aid. Yes, after he got caught. That doesn't make this any less odious. Now, Americans may be watching this and asking, why should the United States care about Ukraine? Why should we care about Ukraine? And this was the import, uh, I think, of the conversation, the now infamous conversation in that Kiev restaurant with Gordon Sondland holding the phone away from his head because the president was talking so loud. What does the president ask in that call the day after the now infamous call he had with Zelensky? What does he ask on that cell phone call? Not whether the RADA had passed some new anti-corruption reform. No. Are the Ukrainians going to do the investigation? Meaning into Biden. And Sondland's answer is, they're going to do it. They'll do essentially anything the president wants. But what's more telling is the conversation, I think, that Sondland has with the Foreign Service Officer Holmes afterwards, in which the president says, basically, Donald Trump doesn't give an expletive about Ukraine. He cares about the big things. And Mr. Holmes says, well, Ukraine's at war with the, Russia, the Russians. That's kind of a big thing. And Sondland's answer is, no, no. He cares about big things that affect his personal interests. This is why Americans should care about this. Americans should care about what happens to our allies who are dying, but Americans should care about their own national security and their own president and their own constitution. And they will need to ask themselves, as we will have to ask ourselves in Congress, are we prepared to accept that a president of the United States can leverage official acts, military assistance, White House meetings, to get an investigation of a political rival? Are we prepared to say, well, you know, I guess that's just what we should expect at a president of the United States. I don't think we want to go there. I don't think our founding fathers would have wanted us to go there. Indeed, I think when the founding fathers provided a remedy, that remedy being impeachment, they had the very concern that a president of the United States may betray the national security interests of the country for personal interests. They put that remedy in the Constitution, not because they wanted to willy-nilly uh, overturn elections. No, because they wanted a powerful anti-corruption mechanism when that corruption came from the highest office in the land. We are adjourned. I'll be right back with today's action steps. But first, I want to tell you about a program called Circle. It's the most amazing, effective, secure way for my family to manage and monitor and limit the Internet usage in our house. And here's the thing. I, I found I got on the Internet on the Wi-Fi system we have at the house. I found that we have over 20 different devices pulling from the Wi-Fi at any given point in time from iPhones and Androids and laptops and desktops and video game systems 
and TV boxes, it's too much for any one person to monitor. And kids are facing a million different online distractions, and some of them can be deeply problematic. From Fortnite and Snapchat and Instagram and TikTok and YouTube, I have found out the hard way. You can't just take your kid's word for it, that everything is okay, that everything is safe and clean. There's so much coming at them that it interrupts their rest, it interrupts their homework and chores, and it's just too much for kids to handle. So Circle is the easiest way to manage your family's online time across all of their connected devices inside and outside of your home. With Circle Home Plus and the Circle app, parents can filter what content is allowed. You can set limits for screen time and monitor history and usage. And I encourage you, continue to put those things on phones, but kids aren't just on phones. They're on devices all over the house. And right now, our listeners can get $30 off a Circle Home Plus system when you visit meetcircle.com slash break and enter break at checkout. Again, get $30 off when you visit meetcircle.com slash break and enter break at checkout. That's meetcircle.com slash break and enter B-R-E-A-K to save $30. Donald Trump is going to be impeached period, pointblank.com. After I saw that statement and heard that statement from Adam Schiff, I was like, oh, he's toast. And right now, as I record this, testimony is about to be underway. Uh, more testimony in the House. Donald Trump is going to be impeached in the House. And I think it will probably be right down party lines. I think Republicans are so deeply invested in him that they will never turn on him and it doesn't matter if if the titanic is sinking they're staying on they 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 are not abandoning their guy i think they're afraid of him i think they are afraid of being attacked by him and listen he raises money for them he he encourages them and people who've curried favor with him um they they don't want to lose that favor uh, these people are deeply tied to Trump's success and failure, and they're going to defend him at all costs because they know that if Donald Trump is impeached and, say, removed from office, that they'll be connected to that for the rest of their lives. They're going to be connected to him no matter what is what they don't fully appreciate. But the the real showdown is going to come in the Senate, and I have two action steps that I want to share with you today today. And I'm going to be turning a lot of my attention and focus to both of these things in the days and weeks ahead. The first thing that I want you to do is go to HowWeFlipTheSenate.com. And if you haven't been there before, we've started a, a an amazing action called Flip the Senate. And I am supporting it. And I want your help. I am concerned that I'm concerned on two levels. First, that for all of the attention and energy that's going into impeachment and all the energy and attention that's going into the Democratic presidential primaries and and the presidential race, there is so little attention being given to all of the brave, courageous candidates that are running for Senate all over the country that they're not getting the financial support they need. 
They're not getting the volunteer support they need. And we are about to seriously ramp up our efforts to give them both. And I want you to look at some of the new candidates that we've endorsed. And we are about to roll out several new endorsements in the days and weeks ahead. I think we'll end up being in 20 different states all over the country. And even if you aren't in those 20 states, we're going to have easy, practical ways for you to support. Uh, If you're in the other 30 states, we're going to have easy, practical ways for you to volunteer, donate, and support candidates in those 20 states. So go to HowWeFlipTheSenate.com. Follow at FlipTheSenate on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're going to be having action steps there as well. And the next thing I want you to check out is something that we just launched just a few weeks ago, and I think it's going to become a deeply relevant tool after Donald Trump is impeached in the House. It's called 67senators.com, 67senators.com. It's going to take 67 senators to formally impeach and remove Donald Trump from office. After the House does it, and I am nearly 100% sure that they are going to do it, after it happens in the House, a comparable process has to happen in the Senate, but with 67 senators. And we are keeping track person by person, senator by senator, where they stand on this. So as it stands right now, it's a tracker. But I think as soon as Trump is impeached in the House, this tracker is going to become a major action step for you to demand to see where your senator stands on this issue. Go check it out at 67senators.com. Break it down. Of course, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of The Breakdown and to every episode of The Breakdown. Continue to grow our show and grow our listener base all over the country and all around the world. Thank you, of course, to the nearly 30,000 founding members of the North Star who even make this podcast possible. If you have not already subscribed to this podcast, please do so now. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever podcast app you love to use. Of course, thank you so much to our associate producer, Lissandra, our senior producer, Willis, and everybody who works hard to make each of these episodes possible. Take care, everybody. This podcast is brought to you by Ragu Old World Style Traditional Sauce. A great sauce starts with the best ingredients. Ragu Old World Style Traditional Sauce is that great sauce. Inspired by our founder's original recipe, Ragu Old World Style Traditional Sauce is made with delicious ingredients, including vine-ripened tomatoes, chopped onions, garlic, and olive oil, simmered together for the authentic taste you and your family will want to come back to. For recipes, sauces, and mealtime inspiration, visit ragu.com.